I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Murders and human remains are discovered in many ways. Bodies being found in forested areas and graves being dug up in urban backyards. But sometimes, these gruesome discoveries can come in very unexpected ways. Like in today's case, when someone was living with mummified remains that answered a 15-year missing persons case. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. How's it going? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. And I have like a tickle in my throat today. So I'm sorry if I'm coughing lots. I do have water. Yeah, you're not getting sick, are you? No, I don't think so. It's just like I can't like there's like there's an itch, a tickle. Yeah. And I can't get it. You know I, what I mean? I have that a little bit right <clears throat> now too. It's probably just from our dinner because it's a bit smoky in here. Maybe. I think. Maybe. It's possible. It gets really smoky sometimes in this tiny home. That's true. There's not a lot of, um, well, not a whole lot of space for air to flow, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. But also if you open a window, it clears out real quick. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully you guys are doing good. Uh, we got a couple topics we want to touch on here right out of the gate. Well, one primarily. <clears throat> if I can get this tickle out of my throat. Oh, no. But we are talking about Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard, there's a new documentary coming out about her. Yeah, I'm I'm very, I don't want to say excited, but what's a word? Intrigued. Intrigued, interested. Okay. In, in watching this. Well, we want to give you guys a bit of a heads up because if you're not aware, um, as far as we can tell, this documentary does not follow the whole Son of Sam law which means Casey has the potential to be earning money and revenue from this documentary. Which I don't love. No. And she was, in a court of law, found guilty for her crimes, which mm-hmm. we did a whole episode on. Yeah, you're gonna, we're, we're going to go and wa- listen to that episode. Yeah, we're going to f- refresh ourselves on these details. Mm-hmm. And we want to ask you guys, I mean, you're completely allowed to do whatever you want. Don't get us wrong here. But we want to say we suggest you refrain from listening or watching this documentary that's coming out on Casey. Because what we're, we're planning on doing is because that she might be gaining monetary value from this and she's apparently speaking her truth, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Everyone deserves their truth. Yeah. However, she you found th- guilty in a court of law. You think right? that it would have already come out. Yeah. So whatever she has to say, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to watch it and we're going to deliver you guys whether it's a worthwhile watch, whether it's worth ensuring that she does gain monetary value from this documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, because if she's just spewing absolute bullshit saying she was the victim when she murdered her family, 
I don't think she should be gaining from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and watch it. We'll tell you if she is spewing bullshit or if she has something worthwhile to actually say. I mean, gosh, if they're putting out a whole show episode series, I don't know, on this, you think that she's going to be dropping a bomb. You, you would think so. But then also she had her time to be dropping these bombs. Exactly. If she dropped a bomb, you'd think it would have occurred in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. There's there's two scenarios that I can think of. It's either she's a dropping something that was thrown out in court. And that's why she's disputing okay, it being yeah. like, you know, this is a very big piece of this puzzle that they're not listening to or two, it's absolute bullshit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's one or the other. No and, in between. <laughs> and I do think that it's, it could very well be that like true crime has become a very big um, genre last couple of years. Yeah, totally. So I do think it could just be that a production studio or company is just trying to cash in on. Offered her enough. Yeah. Say here, let's do this. We're going to make big bucks together. Mm -hmm. So I think it could be a, potentially a corrupt studio behind her. I don't know. I don't even know the studio that make that's making it. So I can't say that. Well, but. yeah, there's probably a lot of money to be had from this. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a feeling that could very well be the the fact. When I really don't love the fact that she could be making money from this. Like that feels just dirty. Doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that's why we should watch it because we can tell you guys, like we have a bit of reach, right? Yeah. So if you guys don't watch it, we can watch it and it's like sense pennies going to her from just us watching it. And we can tell you definitely don't watch it. And then we're preventing her from gaining more money. And we will be honest for sure. Oh, definitely. For sure. So just. I mean, of course, do whatever you want. If you want to watch it, watch it. But we're just suggesting listen to what we're we're going to say about it from watching it first. And then you can make your judgment call from there. Mm -hmm. If that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That aside, if that if that all makes sense anyways, our, our intent for that. Um, you ready to move on to patrons? I'm totally ready. Okay. So we have a few patrons join us this week. Who do we got? I have a hair in my mouth. Uh, wow, dog hair. You, you have a lot going on over there today. I do. I really do. <laughs> Are you gonna be good? <laughs> I think so. If I if I don't make it, please just carry on without me, okay? Oh my gosh. Okay. Just, just take the laptop and the notes and keep going I with the keep case. Going. I'll just read it. Read us through. Perfect. Um, so as for patrons, we have Christina Ojanima who's joined up, Amy Ivanka, and Nicole White. They all right joined on. us over on Patreon. So thank you to them. Big shout out. And if you want to join us as well, links down below, you know what to do. But if not, it's cool that you're here too. We appreciate that. We appreciate it. Just all, all of it, all of the above. All of the above. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly what Nicole says. Always listen to Nicole. She's always right. I am always right. You learned that, didn't you? I learned to tell you you're always right. Because to be honest, I'm like not, it's probably you're probably more right than me. I shouldn't be saying that. Oh God, I'll take that back eventually. But you're that probably, was recorded I know. and is out there forever now. You're probably more right more often than me. Probably. I need to I need to listen to you more. Wow. Wow. I am so <laughs> glad that this thing is recording right now. Holy. We'll edit this out. I'm just kidding. Nope. I'm the one who edits and I'm, I'm leaving that in there. I can tell you that right now. Um, anyways, moving on. Let's get on with today's story, shall we? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm very interested for this one because you gave me a tidbit. Usually I'm in the dark. I'm fully mm -hmm. usually in the dark. But this time you gave me friggin' one liner on this and it got my attention. It's a uh, it's a gooder. 
It's a little bit different of a story. Mm -hmm. um, and that one little tidbit of information, I'm not going to tell you guys out there right now because you're about to hear the story. Yeah. But as soon as I say that tidbit of information, we'll, uh, we'll let you know that's what I had told Nicole yeah. at the time. We'll so. chat about it for sure. Well, let's do this. Our story starts with a man named Bruce Andrew Roberts. Now, Bruce was born in September of 1956 to Athel and Joyce Roberts in a small town called, this is a hard one to say, bear with me, Kunabarabaran. I think I said that right. That actually sounded pretty legit. Kunabarabaran. Yeah, that's how right it is. On. Wow. Good work. When Where's I was, this? It's in Australia. Okay. Yeah. So Kunabarabaran in Australia. When I was researching this and I was reading it for the first time, it was like, because Australia I was thinking like uh, the Beach Boys kind of thing, right? And I was like, Kuna bar 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 brand ba 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 So that's kind of where my my mind was going every time I was reading that. Oh I'm like, it's gosh. not Barbara Ann, it's Kuna bar bar So oh, there we go. Every time you come across that name, you're like in full song. Yeah. Hey? Barbara Ann. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, born in the small town in 1956 in Kuna in Australia. Now you're just going to like love saying that. That is time. a fun word to say. Yeah. Um, so Bruce was a happy little boy who had curly hair. And like many little boys, Bruce developed a passion for the, the cool things they saw in the grown up world. Okay. In Bruce's case, it was motorbikes and guns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those so, are not cheap, uh, cheap things. Definitely not. Um, however, Bruce was lucky enough to have a, a fairly wealthy family with oh, money on their okay. side. Okay. So... So cheap things was not necessarily, not that they were frivolous with their money by any means, mm -hmm. but it was like, you know what? They, they had the money to spend. You know what I mean? Okay. Yep. And this money gave Bruce a rather nice childhood. For example, I mean, his parents didn't buy, buy him motorbikes and guns all the time, but they would regularly go on holidays. So Bruce would go with his dad to central western New South Wales, for example, quite often. Oh, okay. That's pretty lucky. It is. And I know like... um. I didn't go on a bunch of extravagant holidays when I was young. Um, and I was always like, like, to be fair, like I didn't have a terrible childhood. I had a pretty good childhood. Mm -hmm. I got to go on some trips and stuff. It was just, I was always jealous when people were going to like Disneyland and stuff. And I never got to go to Disneyland, Yeah, you know? Well, we went to Disney World the first time together, both of us, right? Like a yeah. couple years ago. Because up here, people's families' ideas, I feel like, and our to go camping or fishing or whatever, oh, right? Yeah. So that was how we kind of vacate both of our families as we were kids. So. Yeah. And other people in other situations like the big city, they go out camping on their big holidays too, right? Yeah. And it's a big to do when they get to do it, but it's for, for us, it's like, oh, we just drove half an hour to a lake and yeah. why am I not sitting at home playing my Nintendo instead? But it's just the lifestyle. Like it's, that was kind of our holidays too around here. Like we yeah. just- Rivers, lakes, fishing, camping, the whole I thing. I feel like that created pretty good childhood memories, though, if I'm being honest. It did. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. complaining. Yeah. Just as a kid, I was like, I want to go to Disneyland yeah. and stuff. I want to go see Mickey. Yeah. And so Bruce's life was more so on that end of getting to travel like mm, that all the time. Okay. So That's now that wealthier lifestyle didn't mean that he was extraordinarily spoiled, though. Um, he was still expected to do well in school, for example. And he eventually nice. graduated from the Kunabarabaran. High school in 1972. <laughs> Love that that town name, Kunabarabarn. Try and say it. 
Oh my gosh. What is it? Kuna Barra Barren. Kuna Barren Barren. Oh, I think I already fucked no, it up. I think you had one too many ends in there maybe. But it's hard. Uh, like that would be a hard one. I would probably not choose this case because I'd be like, fuck it. <laughs> Just because of that city. <laughs> um, but anyways, we digress. Uh, Bruce, his expectations, however, didn't end up carrying through much of his life after high school. Um, in fact, he would just continue to kind of live at home afterwards and not really do much. Mm, too good to leave. Pretty much by the sum of it, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of just like it's too cushy at home. Why would I leave? Yeah, exactly. And it seems like his parents just kind of fed into it as well. So that didn't make it much better. Okay. Now, there aren't a lot of details regarding Bruce's life during this time, and that's presumably because, well, he, he didn't exactly do a whole lot. Right. Um, he just kind of simply lived at home and was supported by his family's wealth. However, it is reported that he would develop a bad relationship with his half-sister, Denise, and he also began developing mental health issues. Uh, and some extended family would actually describe him as, quote, being a bit strange, a loner, and socially awkward. Well, that's really too bad. It is. Because the way you kind of described him as a child, it didn't seem necessarily like he was odd or, or how his family described him, right? Yeah, as far it as I can tell, on. he was just your average happy little boy. Yeah. Uh, until, yeah, a little bit later on. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, what sparked that initially? I don't know. Maybe he was just kind of always like that and it started showing more as he grew um, or if there was a certain event. I did read some articles saying that it was whatever the situation was, but the bad relationship they built between um, his half-sister and himself. Mm -hmm. Some articles I read said that that sparked these sort of um, behaviors and issues. mental health issues. So I don't know if that's true or not, but hmm. – and was she upset with him because he was living at home and such or? I, I couldn't find any information on that. It was just articles saying that they had a bad relationship okay. and that's pretty much all I could that's find. That's that. Yeah. So one way or another, they had a bad relationship and yeah. Now, eventually though, later in life, Bruce's parents would get separated and Bruce would move in with his mother and his half sister into Greenwich in Sydney. And there they moved into a house and together they lived for years to come. Then one day, as it must happen to us all, Bruce's mother, Joyce, unfortunately passed away in March of 1989 when Bruce was 33 years old. Mm. Yeah. That's still too young to lose your mama. It definitely is. Mm. I mean, it's it wouldn't be easy. That's for sure. No. And especially, too, because it seems like. He relied on her maybe more so than a 33-year-old would. That's for sure. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. He did rely on her for, well, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, up until this point, Bruce never really seemed to be independent. So right. you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, he had his parents who provided for him all through his life. And actually, even after their separation and even his mother's passing, because in her will, she left Bruce with $1 million worth in shares. Whew. That is a chunk of change. Yeah. I wish someone would just give me money. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's a will. It's not just like he was just given money. It's a little In bit different. In that situation, you don't want that money. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I still want a million dollars though. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You could do um, a lot with a million bucks. Oh, definitely. Uh, and Bruce, he would cash out those shares and he used the money to purchase the house that they were living in. Okay. So he now owned it. I do like that. Yeah. It is nice. So for the next 28 years- Bruce would reside in this house alone. 
he would continue to not work and live off social security benefits and the money that was left for him. During this time, Bruce would have very little contact with his father and his half-sister and the rest of his family. Hmm. He stuck to himself and he became somewhat of a recluse. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking like a to himself. hermit kind of, eh? Pretty much, except just not out in the middle of a cabin in the bush. He still lived in a neighborhood of sorts. Exactly. And around his property, this is where it starts to get a little bit odd, his behavior. Because he's not just sitting at home by himself now. Uh, he had actually set up barbed wire around the fence of his house to keep out intruders. Whoa. And he even installed cans around his yard as crude alarm systems. Oh my gosh. So he's just in there like almost as terrified of the outside world. Pretty much it seemed like that. Ugh. Just sitting there waiting to see if he could hear these like cans rattling away. So that way he knew if there was like someone accessing his property. Yikes. That makes me feel terrible for him. Right? And actually, we, we saw that in The Walking Dead in one of the earlier seasons. Yeah. Yeah. They set up a little tent and then like strings with cans on them so they knew if a walker was coming in. And yeah, that's pretty much exactly what he was doing. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, the neighbors probably hated that too. Probably. It was quite probably. nice, or I'm assuming. Um, and not only this though, but he had actually nailed the windows of his house shut. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is a little bit of information that I told you prior to. He had developed a rather serious hoarding problem. Okay, well, two things here. Nailing the windows, that's not a terrible idea. That's safety. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Now I'm like, my brain's going, I'm like, should we do that? <laughs> I'm, you can also just lock windows. That's true. That's true. But maybe he, he didn't have windows that locked he should have spent his million dollars to get windows out locked <laughs> there you go anyway yes yeah, so the hoarding thing is fascinating to me because there used to, i don't there still could be but i used to be um really into watching those shows the hoarding shows mm -hmm. and the families and stuff and how they would kind of go in and help them because it's like it's actually quite a it's a disorder right oh yeah it's it's an actual disorder yeah actually i have that a little description of it here in yeah my my write-up if i may um, so I say hoarding is an actual disorder in which a person has difficulty discarding or parting with possessions because of the perceived need to save them, often pertaining to potential value or use for them. Mm -hmm. They physically have a hard time getting rid of anything. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I almost can legitimately understand that feeling a little bit. I feel like I come from a line of hoarders a little bit. Not like very low key. <laughs> low key hoarders. Very low key hoarders. But I have a terrible time getting rid of things. But I kind of broke that chain, I feel like, with tiny home living. Uh, not so much. More than I could have. You still have like three boxes of beanie babies from when you That's were like That's the five. only thing. You have <laughs> shit in, our, in there too that you could get rid of too. Like Th those were supposed to be my life savings. So <laughs> the beanie babies. Like I collected those, and one day they were gonna pay pay for my whole life. <laughs> no, I don't think those would even be able to pay for a McDonald's Happy Meal at this point. I could probably get that. Uh, you'd be hard pressed. <laughs> That's my only thing now. Okay, and you beanie just told babies. the world. Thanks a lot. Um, sorry, I I outed you. My bad. Yeah. I have a photo of myself laying on the bed just covered in Beanie Babies. You've told me about this photo, but I've yet to see it. You got to dig That's it up That's probably one day. a good thing. Probably. 
Um, anyways, back to Bruce. Uh, his house and his yard was filled up with debris and had filled up over the years. His property was not being taken care of. There was overgrown vegetation through the yard, along with the debris and rubbish mm -hmm. and trash scattered all around that reached up heights towards his windows. Oh, my gosh. And that's when the city starts having to get involved, too. Mm -hmm. um, now, regarding his house and living conditions, one of Bruce's neighbors, Gail, said this. The home would have been fairly bad inside. He had mental issues and was a bit of a recluse. Everything was locked up. You couldn't see inside the windows. We would just hear him or see him outside, always in a big brown coat, regardless of the weather. Huh. No one's been near the home. My gosh, I wonder if he ever went out. Like, so intrigued. How did he get his groceries and stuff? Well, he did do that. And we'll touch on that briefly a little oh, bit okay. later. Um, so also um, in his neighborhood, his house was known as quote, the creepy house on the corner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's sad. So it was not a pretty sight. His property was definitely, um, well, for lack of better, better words, just straight up not taken care of. It was in needs of some love. Yeah. Some TLC would have gone a long ways. Yeah. Well, actually I shouldn't even say that because it's not like he didn't love his property or anything. That's I'm sure true. he did. Okay. No, that was poor wording. It was in need of, I don't know, some cleaning. Yeah. It was, in, it was in need of care. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, so entirely alone on his property, Bruce would only have one interaction with any sort of friends or family when he sent out Christmas cards to his relatives during the holidays. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I really like that. And that's basically how Bruce lived. Whether he chose it or was unable to live any, live any other way due to his mental illnesses, but regardless, this was his life. I like that he still sent out Christmas cards. I like him. You do like Bruce? I do like yeah. Bruce. Well, this is how he lived up until one day in 2017. It was midwinter. Now, remind you, this is Australia. So other side of the world, our summer is their winter, right? Right. So okay. I just want to, because that threw me off for a second. I was like, oh yeah, when I read this. Right. So it was midwinter. At 12.45 p.m. on Friday, July 21st, when emergency services knocked on Bruce's door for a wellness check. He hadn't been seen for several weeks. Oh, wow. Neighbors, neighbors had began calling in that they hadn't seen him for weeks, and he was usually dressed up in his signature brown coat as he would leave for his daily walk to the grocery store or pharmacy, mm. right? But recently, he hasn't left his home, which was fairly odd. That's kind of nice that his neighbors are seem to be keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of like, it's just kind of a regular thing. You know, they see him same time, same day, all the time like going out doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I think he was kind of a, a person of habit sort Ru of thing. He had a routine. Very much so. Especially if you're, you're not working, you're not outside with, with friends or you're not interacting with people. I think routine would be fairly big for an individual like that. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And honestly... I could probably learn a lot from that because I definitely could use some routine in my life sometimes. I know. I sometimes feel like, especially with me just being kind of my own boss, like, I'm like, I need to get my shit together. Routines yeah, are good. They are. So authorities knocked on the door, but they received no response. So they knocked again. And again, they were met with silence. Uh-oh. So with no other choice and concerns for his safety, they forced their way into Bruce's home. They had to break through two locks that had been secured from the inside of the door before they made their way through the front of the house. They made their way through 
via a pathway that led amongst the piled oh garbage um, that was up to waist high, uh, where it led to Bruce. Now, Bruce had passed away. Oh, they, my goodness. They had found his lower half of his body lying in a hallway and his upper half partially in a room slumped over a radiant bar heater, which was left turned on. Oh. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know what that means, but it can't be a good thing. Well, his body had become separated in two, and it's kind of unclear exactly how that occurred. But presumably, it would have been from decomposition and the radiator, for lack of better terms, cooking through his body over time. Okay, that's exactly what I thought, but I like... I really wasn't going to go there with my mind, but yeah, we just went there. Yeah. That's something. It's a visual. Yeah, that is a really, really visual. And I I just had the worst visual. Oh, okay. We need to just move on here. Uh, We're not quite ready to move on just yet. Um, His body (laughs) was burnt and obviously in an advanced state of decomposition with, quote, extreme charring. Oh, my gosh. On his right hand right shoulder, the right side of his face, neck and chest. I have to share with you where my mind went really quickly. Okay, go ahead. Because you know in the, oh, it's so terrible. In like a lot of houses, the front yard has like those electrical box things. Yeah. That you're like, tell kids not to go near them or whatever. But then in school, they would do demonstrations sometimes and they put like a hot dog on them so that you can smell what it would smell like with like the burning flesh. What kind of fucking school did you go to? I don't know, but I remember having to go to this demonstration where they like put a hot dog on there so that you could see smell how nasty it would smell if you like burn yourself there. (laughs) Is that just a cooked hot dog? Oh, it's it did not smell like a cooked hot dog. I I would probably recognize that smell and I'm envisioning this house to smell like that. You went to some fucked up kind of school. Wow. Okay. And back in, there's a few things that I feel like are questionable that we had to go through. And it's like, they just tried to scare the shit out of you, I think, instead of like teaching you. I never went to a cooked hot dog demonstration. (laughs) I just called that a barbecue. That's the only cooked hot dog demonstration I ever went to. Oh man. Someone else has to have had this demonstration. Wow. Okay. Um, shoot us a message if you have, I'm curious now. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, back to the horrific details of his condition i guess wow that's that's an interlude and a half thanks um anyways bruce had his ribs charred as well and the tissue covering uh his ribs was burnt away leaving many of his internals including his heart and lungs to be blackened and charred wow i'm so intrigued how he ended up like that though yeah like was he cold and just trying to warm up or something but then like died Well, his death was not considered to be suspicious and his remains made it difficult to identify the cause of death, 
but it is noted that he had complained to his doctor of chest pains a couple weeks earlier and refused treatment. Oh. So I couldn't find any assumptions on how he ended up in said position, but my assumption is probably something like a heart attack right. and would have fallen onto the heater. Oh, okay. That's my guess. Hmm. That's crazy. You don't hear about, I don't know, that stuff like that much, hey? No. But dying that way? But it happens all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, and probably there's a reason why we're chatting about him and other cases don't have reasons why it would come up in a case, right? Then you hear this, these details. Exactly. So we're kind of getting into why we're chatting about this here pretty quick. Okay. At 6.30 p.m. that day, his body was removed from the house and the house sat untouched for the rest of 2017. When Christmas rolled around, his family never got their annual Christmas cards and looked into why that was. Why hadn't they received it? What's going on with Bruce? Yeah. And they would receive the news that Bruce had passed away. And they also learned that Bruce had donated his full estate including house and remaining $600,000 that was left in his bank account to local charities. Oh my goodness. I love that. So he like planned that ahead. That's really nice. Exactly. Now it wasn't until May, 2018 that the cleanup of his property began. Police were called in to seize a rifle and ammunition found in the bedroom that was discovered by professional cleaners. And five days after that, they found more. They called police in and, Again, more were seized. And just to show, I mean, they've already been there cleaning for five days. This house was in such disarray, it took weeks to clean. Mm -hmm. And he had an interest, though, since a kid with the guns, right? He did. It was guns and motorcycles. And apparently there was a couple motorcycles found in the backyard, though he never rode any. um, And ample amounts of motorcycle magazines as well. Okay. Now, the house was in such disarray. It took weeks, like I said. Um, And as they were cleaning, they would be discovering things under piles of rubbish as they cleaned, um, such as, you know, the guns and ammunition, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And no one would certainly have been able to predict what sort of stuff they were going to find, especially the one thing they did find next. It was on May 29th in 2018 when cleaners were removing piles of garbage from a bedroom in the house. They eventually made their way down and lifted up a rug that had been draped over the top of some more debris. And when they lifted the rug and made the horrifying discovery of a corpse staring back at them. What? Yeah. Seriously. A person's body. In a under pile, a rug. Under a rug, under a pile of rubbish. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So that's a thing. Man, it must have smelled so terrible in there. Oh, I'm sure it did. Um... Police were, of course, immediately called to investigate the scene. The body was, by this time, completely mummified, was still fully clothed, and laid under piles and piles of garbage in a seated position with their back against a couch slumped over to the left. Wow. And investigators found approximately 70 air fresheners scattered throughout the room and surrounding the body. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure that would do the trick, right? Yeah, so you're talking yeah, no. you're talking about a horrendous smell. I'm I'm pretty sure even Bruce was uh bo- bothered by it to some degree. 75 air fresheners? Approximately 70. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I shouldn't laugh at that. That's terrible. That's terrible. 
Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Everything okay. about that is terrible. Yes. It's terrible. It's terrible from the fact that someone was potential. Well, someone was killed, and it's terrible in the fact that Bruce was living in conditions like that. Yeah, and then he just for that long or just didn't think to do anything about this. Okay. Yeah. That's quite a way to hide a body. Like, wow. Well, he didn't really hide the body. To be fair, he just kind of stowed it away. Threw stuff on top of it. Hmm. Um, so as police continued their investigation, they managed to find shotgun pellets embedded in the walls and pellets in the floors. There were also dried blood that had pooled near the body. My gosh. DNA samples were taken of the individual to try and identify who the individual was. And lucky enough, there were enough factors to get a positive ID on the person. Okay. And pretty much thanks to the condition of the mummified body being so pristine, they were able to identify via a combination of DNA, fingerprints, and tattoos. Oh, wow. And they were able to identify Shane John Snellman. But he didn't do anything per se to the body, right? To like keep it. Nope. He just tucked it away and put air fresheners around it. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So Shane had a lengthy criminal record and had last been seen in October of 2002. Wow. Shane was born in November of 1963 to Herbert and Pamela Snellman and had a younger sister, Belinda. His parents separated when he was young, and along with his sister, they were eventually placed in a Catholic covenant home. Now, after his, that sort of life, he began to kind of take a turn for the worse. By the age of 15, he was charged with the murder of a homeless man, Whoa. but was eventually acquitted. From here on, he became very well known to police as he committed many crimes and even served time for theft and drug-related offenses, serving jail time for property theft, like the list kind of goes on in and out of jail, right? Okay. Um, one such drug-related offense had him released on June 27th in 2002 after a year in jail. Now, bank records show that after this release, he would withdraw his supported bank deposits the same day that they were deposited into his account. However, they came to a stop when they were deposited on October 23rd. 2002 when the money just simply sat in his account untouched okay now the 39 year old was reported missing no one had seen him since until of course his mummified remains were found in the back corner of bruce's home under a pile of garbage my gosh like 15 years later yep that's insane that's that's a significant time to be sitting in the corner of someone's house. Yeah. Like you, I, at that point you think that you're just probably not going to find him. Right. Mm -hmm. So that the family I'm sure was shocked. Yeah. The one thing that really I find intriguing is the thought process that Bruce would have had. I'm sure for the coming days and weeks after whatever had occurred, he would be thinking about what he needs to do mm -hmm. or how he's going to do it to dispose of or clear the body. Yeah. But 15 years later, he still knows the body's there. Yeah. 
but he's... He probably doesn't think about it on a daily basis and, though anymore. And that's the thing that I'm really interested in is he's probably not thinking about it. No. But once in a while, he'll remember it's there. I guarantee you he will. Oh, yeah. They ha- I feel like people in those kind of situations, hoarders, I guess, um, they do know where literally almost everything is in their house oh, yeah. and how to find it. Oh, yeah. It's very intriguing. Well, that's like there's that meme out there. And, and I'm a, I've done this with some things <laughs> uh, to a certain degree as well. There's a meme out there of like uh, the girlfriend asking the boyfriend, hey, do you have a paperclip? And the boyfriend's like, yeah, computer room, go to my filing cabinet. It's on the bottom right-hand corner on the floor by the filing cabinet. Yeah. It's like, you know where this exact little thing is. Yeah. And I'm sure Bruce knew all about his house the same way too. Totally. But I'm just so intrigued on the thought process. I mean, I'm never going to get an answer. Don't get me wrong there. I know that. But I'm so intrigued on the thought process with Bruce and how he thought about the remains being in his house. Yeah, because I almost think after some time and thought that he would maybe have considered going and burying them in the backyard or something, right? Yeah. The fact that he actually just left them in that room is – and how it I'm sure would have been causing some – quite the smell in his house. It's – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the autopsy of Shane's body revealed that his left foot had been separated from his ankle joint and that two areas around his right ear and top of the right skull showed heat exposure. Hmm. He had a gun wound to his left supraclavicle, I think is how you pronounce that, um, which was, it's kind of that indent at the top of the collarbone in your neck, like clavicle, oh, okay. like your collarbone. Oh. Yeah, I hate collarbones. Um, and there were a total of, wait, you hate collarbones? I do. That was a very odd comment. There's a few like parts of the body that is like, ooh, they just like give you the heebie-jeebies. Collarbones give you the heebie-jeebies. Kneecaps, eyeballs. I, I knew you didn't like kneecaps and eyeballs, but collarbones? <laughs> yeah, okay. don't love them. Okay. I mean, they're necessary. <laughs> they're, I, yeah, <laughs> you kind of need those things. Um. Anyway, so there were a total of 15 metal fragments found in his chest and stomach. Whoa. And the toxicology report yielded traces of methamphetamine, burofenorine, and amphetamines. Okay, so like when he was at Bruce's house, like he was intoxicated. Would, I believe so, yes. Would you is it still called intoxicated if it's on drugs? Yeah, that's intoxicated. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. It's just what you're intoxicated with, right? Right. Yeah. It's no different than saying you're under the influence. You're under the under influence. Under the influence. Of yeah. Generally with drugs, I say under the influence, but I got messed up there. There you go. Um so deputy state coroner Derek Lee had concluded that Shane's body ended up in Bruce's home by, quote, unauthorized entry. Okay. Basically meaning Shane broke in for one reason or another, most likely to steal. Mm. They presume that he, sorry, they presume, I I said that weird, they presume he died sometime between October 18th and October 24th in 2002 while gaining entry to the property. And during so, he was caught by Bruce. Hmm. Bruce then pointed a shotgun to Shane in the confrontation and pulled the trigger, hitting him in the chest and killing him. Bruce then covered Shane's body with debris and refuse in this house and let him rot, which is where, of course, the air fresheners came in. However, police were not able to find any physical evidence of forced entry. And when it came to the shotgun, that caused the fatal injury, police were unable to get a positive match on that either. 
Now, though, they did find three shotguns, six bolt action rifles, three self-loading rifles, an air rifle, shotgun cartridges, rifle rounds, all of which being illegal. Okay, I was just going to be like, are those all legal? Yeah, all of which were illegal. There was apparently a, a huge amount of ammunition in that house. Okay. Um, but yeah, none of which was legal. And they were not able to get a po- get a positive match on any of the the firearms in that house to match the crime scene. Oh, so maybe he at least discarded the weapon. Potentially. Right? Yeah. They also found spent shells in three of the bedrooms, all three of the bedrooms, the dining room, and the garage of the house. Hmm. Now, here's where it gets really interesting and also a little bit disappointing because we're reaching the end of this and there's kind of a cliffhanger on this. Oh, no. Of course there is. Shane's younger sister, Belinda, disagreed with coroner's theory that he broke into the residence. Okay. In a coroner's court hearing, she shouted, he never gained forced entry. He never broke into that home. He already knew him. He already knew him? Yes. Okay. I was not expecting this. Neither was I. And unfortunately, that is Are where you it kidding ends. me? That's it? There's That's no it. more information on that statement. Unfortunately, whether her claims are true or false, we may never know what really happened inside Bruce's home. Shit, Ben. You're kidding me. I There's no way, no evidence in any way, shape, or form proving that he did or did not know him. He already knew him. And with both the victim and assailant deceased, there may never be any way of gaining any sort of understand what really occurred. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That went south. All we know is that the inquest described the two deceased men as, quote, strangers in life who suffered a fatal chance encounter. Hmm. Well, I mean, if they did know each other, the one guy could know that um, his name's Shane, right? Sorry. Yeah. My apologies. Okay. Shane could know that Bruce was well off and had money. Yeah. Right? Very much so. So, so. he could have potentially... Um, just getting out of prison, he could have potentially been going there for knowing that, I mean, let's, let's start with the breaking in argument. He could be going there knowing that this individual has stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's hoarding, he's got lots of stuff. He's got a nice place. Rumors are that he's, he's wealthy. He's going there to His family's steal well money, right? Yeah. Or two, he does know him personally and he didn't break in and he's just going there just to get money and something went south. They got in some sort of an argument or something. Yeah. Or maybe he wasn't even there for money. Maybe he was just there visiting or and because he was under the influence of something, maybe things didn't go right. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe it was a mistake in action. Maybe Bruce didn't do it at all. Maybe there was another person there. Oh, because yeah, see, as you were kind of painting this picture of Bruce, it's almost shocking to me that he would kill someone. I agree. Like, I just, I almost have trouble believing that. I agree. But I mean, if he was scared enough and this person was, but like, I'm just surprised that he would actually go through with pulling the trigger there at someone. So I'm not saying I don't believe Bruce did it. I, I do think Bruce did it. The whole 70 plus air fresheners tell me that Bruce knew about the body. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that tells me, I mean, I understand that hoarders are very protective over their, their homes, their stuff and everything. Yeah. They don't want people in there. But I think if Bruce didn't do it, he would have called authorities. Yeah. So he at least knew about it, which tells me he did it. 
Yeah, I know. Gosh, I would really like to have been a fly on the wall and known what was going on, hey? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Is there photos and stuff of anything? Um, I, His house or anything? To be fair, the photos I saw were just kind of like of, of victims and stuff. Some okay. just come some kind of like benign type photos. I didn't really dig into looking for photos, but I'm, I'm sure you could find them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what his house looks like. Mm-hmm. So that was the story of, uh, well, a mummified body that was found in wow. Bruce's home. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So a little bit different than we normally do. That is different. It was when I was reading that one, I was, I was quite intrigued. I was like, Hmm, what is this one? Looked it up a little bit. I'm like, let's, let's go with this. Yeah, you took us on a ride, a different ride. Yeah. And uh, we got another another cool case coming down the pipe. You're doing the next one. I am doing the next one. Are you going to give any sort of hints? No. No, no hints. Zero hints. We should maybe start doing hints at the end a little Maybe. Bit. I actually have three, though, that I have on my radar. So I'm not 100% certain which one it's going to be. Yeah. I'm like 90% certain, but not. So I'm not going to do a hint. But okay. I will. I'll start doing hints. We'll get organized Because we way. used to do that, didn't we? I think we did. I don't know. I don't feel like we've ever been that organized. <laughs> I think we were a little more organized <laughs> than that at one point in time. Once okay. upon a time, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, Way back when. Yeah. So anyways, Nicole's going to be doing the next episode. It's going to be good because mm-hmm. um, you, you've told me the list and I know the 90% chance one that you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's one I actually almost did at one point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to support us in any other way than tuning in the next episode, all the links for our social or down below we got instagram facebook website youtube you name it um we also have patreon where you can support us there if not you can just stay here and chill in the next episode that is 100 cool with us too um if you want to go give us a a rating if you want to go give us a um a review that would be awesome and totally free to do yeah and it helps support the show it and it gets re- us out really there. helps the five-star reviews really help they do <laughs> yeah and those people who are out there just spewing bullshit on our ratings i mean Thank you for the rating, I guess. <laughs> That's all I'll say there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly. Well, well done. That was, it was interesting. I got, I really wish I could find some answers here, but I yeah. know we're not going to, but that was interesting. Unfortunately, it is a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, until Nicole does her episode, we'll talk to you then. And until then. Stay wicked. That, that long why. I love stay it. Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.